I'm Anna Bogutskaya. And I'm Clarice Lockery. And this is the Next Supremes, an American Horror Story Rewatch podcast. In this episode, the identity of the rubber man and the father of Vivian's twins is revealed while she's driven insane by some of the house's occupants. Ooh. Oh my god. I mean, so many things. This is. Uh, <laughs> the episode of episodes. <laughs> yes. So, as traditional now, we flashback in the cold open of this episode, but we flashback. To the very beginning of the season, mm. not back in time, when we find out very quickly that Tate is the rubber man. Dun dun dun. I mean, I mean, yeah. Do you remember if that was like a reveal for you when you first saw this? I'm trying to remember because I feel like Tate being the rubber man's quite a. I don't know. I feel like that that image of him in like the the suit is uh, circulated quite a lot. So maybe I knew. Mm. I don't know. How about you? I I remember my reaction to this was a while ago. Obviously, fuck nine years ago. I remember being shocked by a couple of things in the season, and I want to say maybe because social media and definitely my involvement with social media and fandom online especially around this show was not what it is now so I think it was a big reveal for me it's also handled in in quite a nonchalant way like what what did you make of it because like this happens in the cold open and it's a pretty big reveal but yeah he just like goes up to the mirror and takes the mask off and you're like oh (laughs) Seven penis, and yeah, yeah. It's an it's an odd one because usually in these sort of giant twists, you have such build up. It'd be like, do you know mm. who the rubber man is? I'm about to tell you who the rubber man is. Get ready because I'm just it's coming in like two seconds. But yeah, as you said, this one, you don't even know that the a reveal is coming because you just think, okay, mm. we're retracing this for a moment and. And it's interesting because before that reveal, you see someone talking to Nora, and Nora's yeah. going I want in the basement. My baby, I want a baby. Where's my baby? And you hear a voice saying, "Like, okay, let's get you." Sorry, I'm really paraphrasing here, but it's like, "Okay, let's get you your baby," and you sort of at the time assume that it's Charles because who else would be talking mm. to her? And then, then we go into, oh, Tate's the rubber man. So presumably that was the hand that was on her shoulder. You see, just a really kind of mm-hmm. interesting and subtle, sudden way to reveal that information and make yeah. you rethink what you've just watched. Hmm. And I read that um, Evan Peters himself didn't know that he was going to, that his character was going to end up being the rubber man. So it was a big surprise for him as well when they were shooting that. I would have loved to have seen his face <laughs> when Ryan Murphy like I know, could you imagine? <laughs> comes over with the suit being like, put us on. <laughs> You're the rubber man. 
like oh yeah not only are you a school shooter you're also now a ghost rapist yeah like a demonic ghost rapist (laughs) welcome to the american horror story you're gonna be a star (laughs) yeah because like evan peters wasn't like anyone really I mean, he I, he'd done like a few movies, but I don't think people really knew who he was when yeah. he did Ameri- before he did American Horror Story. So to have this as your like big breakout moment is like I mean, do you know what? Kudos to him because he's like it's down. We've spoken about this before, but I think it is like down to his charm as an actor to be able to play these like absolutely batshit insane, beyond psychopathic roles. And still remain likable and charming on screen? Yeah, the fact that, like, the AHS fandom as a whole, like, has any sympathy for this character, I think is really, yeah, down to him and his performance. That he allows Mm. us to see some scrap of humanity in Tate. Because I think, yeah, if you'd given it to an unlikable actor, you'd just been like, oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, put him in the bin. Yeah, put him in the bin. So we move on to... There's a scene with Marcy, Moira, and Vivian having a conversation about ghosts and the supernatural and stuff. But Mm. I thought it was more interesting to move on to a flashback of Chad when he was still alive worrying about Patrick cheating and confronting him about it. Yes, because it has the greatest screen username in history. <laughs> Which is? <laughs> well, because, yeah, so he, Patrick has left his laptop open and he sees some kind of, I'm guessing it's meant to be like a BDSM forum. And he's been chatting yeah. to Jungle Jim 4322. Hot. Which means, suggests that there were... 4,321 jungle gyms before this man. <laughs> I love it. It's a, it's a very popular <laughs> username. I Everyone wants to be jungle gym. Don't want to be normal gym. Jungle gym. No. It's a great pun. So It is. And we see also Chad trying to understand. Or actually, well, I mean, it's it's a, it's a desperate but earnest maneuver of, you know, he goes to an S&M store and he tries to um, buy some stuff. He's just trying to kind of see if he can reignite the spark of Patrick, if he, if he can be the thing that Patrick is turned on by. And like Zachary Quinto's face as he's been given the tour through the sex store is just gorgeous acting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he's like he's really trying, and like bless him, <laughs> he's really trying yeah. to to understand this world that is so beyond his personal comprehension, and mm. his sort of yeah, it's like when you you go to an art gallery and someone's explaining some like a a a white, <laughs> I don't know when it's like a puddle on the floor and someone goes into a half hour spiel about what it represents. It's like that mm. face. <laughs> yeah. <And> like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to give away that I don't know what's going on right here because I don't want to seem like I'm stupid or not getting it. But also, mm. eh? <laughs> yeah. Although there is um, 
the sort of store attendant, who I think is is supposed to be British. I mean, you know, this is not a character that's developed, but he's got an accent. Um, he does have this amazing take where he's like, it's fine if you don't get it, but every relationship is a power play. These are just props. And I thought that was like, oh, hello, a yeah. nugget of deep thought in the middle of a ridiculous scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's like seconds after he points out the was it the ultimate ass lock <laughs> the apple of anguish the <laughs> yeah. yeah that was my favorite yeah so many names <laughs> yeah so many creative titles gotta love it yeah yeah but he's then, quite de- I, I like that sex door guy he had some interesting yeah. observations uh yeah and he was like you know if the gift suit doesn't work you can always wear it for halloween you know get crafty Oh, yeah, then Chad goes, I love Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) We know. (laughs) Yes, you've yelled at us about it before, Chad. Yeah, should we talk about the therapy session? Yes. Yeah, this is interesting because, like, we don't don't really know what's happening out, happening with Violet at the moment. And and Ben reveals that she hasn't been to school in two weeks, which Mm -hmm. I think is really... Like, how did no one notice? Like, that is so telling about how horrific their parenting is, that this girl has not been to school in a whole two weeks, and this is surprise information to her mother and father. Like, she's not even been going out. She's just been staying indoors for two whole weeks, and they haven't noticed until now and the school hasn't noticed until two weeks in that's true that the school didn't think to phone in two weeks I mean, that's, <laughs> two weeks that's in bad. they're like it's a bit strange <laughs> hey our student hasn't been here for two whole weeks maybe we hmm. should tell somebody <laughs> i mean violet is now fully you know, she's like super pissed and angry at them. She's retreating more and more into her relationship with Tate. Yeah, like she is completely. I mean, that's what's so interesting about these episodes is that we do see very little of Violet because she has disconnected herself entirely from mm. everything that is going on. There's another scene as well that I found quite um not moving but interesting. Is that Hayden makes a comeback. And we've spoken a lot about what a messy character Hayden is. Was when she was alive. But now she's dead. Like she's fully a ghost. And she's supposedly been, you know, hanging around the house. And now she's sort of not making herself seen. But she's still there. And she has a chat with Nora. Who is sort of moping around and crying and Nora doesn't realize that she's dead. And Hayden sort of explains how their world, their afterlife works in this house. And she helps Nora realize that she's, that she's in fact dead. And dead is disco. (laughs) (laughs) Which is what she says. I didn't invent that. She says dead is disco. And yeah, Nora would presumably be like, what's disco? Yeah, did she say that? 
I can remember. No, she, <laughs> she just not. Oh. I guess the the part of about her being dead has sort of. Yeah, Hayden's very interesting in this episode. I mean, she's kind of done a complete. I don't know. I feel like her character has made such a transformation from the last time we saw her until mm. now. She's become this sort of mastermind like she's using all the other ghosts in the house as puppets to Mm -hmm. to get her way and and yeah i don't know it's i i do kind of have a bit of an issue with hayden in which i don't i don't think she has as many layers as the other characters because it's kind of hard to understand what's going on in her mind at this point and she's and she says, like, sometimes I, I, like, I vibrate with such rage and it's kind of so scary. And, and like, I do understand where that anger comes from, but I also don't mm. massively understand how it shaped her to that point where she has become, like, the, I don't know, like, the Thanos of the ghosts in this building <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, she's really, like, the arch villain now. Yeah. Do you think she is? I get that impression. Just That's because of the way... I mean, up until this point, Nora's been such a strong personality, and the fact mm. that, like, she can be so, she's basically putty in Hayden's hands, who just comes mm. in being like, "Hey, you're dead, <laughs> you're dead, and let's steal." Uh, which we should mention, like, that scene kind of ends with Hayden saying, "Look, Vivian's having twins. One baby for you, one baby for me. If we get her, like, taken away, get the children." I don't actually know how their plan was going to work. Because they were going to get her put in a hospital, like a mental hospital, but then the babies mm. would still be in the house and they would be their babies, but they're ghosts. Well, I guess their plan is that if they put Vivian in a mental institution, after she gives birth, her babies would be given to Ben and Ben would bring them back to the house. And then they could have the babies and Hayden can also have a baby and have Ben. I guess is her warped logic. True. What does it say about me that that makes sense in my head? That is not a good sign. Baby for you, baby for me. (laughs) (laughs) Like that, like that to me feels very like calculating. Yeah, but also it's this point of like, is Hayden actually that desperate to have a child? Like we know that Nora is, you know, that's been one of her main things since you know we get to know her in the flashbacks and even in her afterlife but Hayden was super ready to like have an abortion and she didn't really want a child with Ben she was sort of using that to manipulate the situation as well so now she desperately wants a baby I I agree like I I have a few problems with this character or she just Mm. doesn't make a huge amount of sense to me yeah what do you think about Kate Mara's performance, though? Oh, she like she's great. I mean, like the the rage that she puts in every single line, and she has to do a lot of yelling. <laughs> like yeah. her character is maybe seventy percent yelling things, and that's really <laughs> quite hard for an actor to do without sounding completely like pantomime ridiculous. And I think she mm-hmm. does actually manage to to land the the rage behind those words. Hmm. how about you i don't know because i find her a very very charismatic and very competent actress but it almost feels like she's been given two characters because even kind of her performance in the first half 
of the season when we see Hayden alive is quite different from the very calculating, manipulative ghost Hayden that we see in this episode. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't... See, I don't know if there's some sort of implication that you change when you die, but then, like, so many of you, like, Nora's still the same woman, just going, where's my baby? Um, Well, is she, though? Because, like, Nora's pretty vicious when she's alive and very headstrong, and she's not when she's a ghost. She's, She's, like, very mopey and just sad and not really able to take control of things maybe although we see her because we see her at the beginning of the episode walking around the house when the Harmons are moving in and and she's she's kind of (laughs) mean she walks around going these furnishings the fabric they're cheap like there's still a lot of old Nora there like that's sort of like yeah spoiled heiress quality to her is still very much present in the afterlife I want her back. That's what I want. She's fun. I mean, is she my favorite character in the season? Because she just <laughs> has a lot of fun. <laughs> so then we have a... I mean, oh my god. The scene is a lot. We see a scene between Moira and Vivian. Where... Uh, I don't... I'm, I, I don't even know how to summarize this. She, She goes from talking about the yellow wa- wallpaper which is a short story by Charlotte Perkins Gilman and it's a very famous story about a woman trapped in the attic and driven mad by her husband to the origins of misogyny to the origins of hysteria to hysteria being treated forcibly by giving women orgasms in the early 20th century and it's just such a journey weird zigzaggy journey of the history of women being controlled by men i mean there's a lot and basically at the end of it she just tells vivian to leave the house it reminds me a lot of constance's i don't know if she got this from constance like her little speech from the episode before where she was talking about california being virgin land <laughs> and <laughs> the whole history of like <laughs> like oh white God, settlement yeah. in california they it, it had a very similar vibe of here's a really unnecessary history lesson to make a really simple point i mean what did you Leave make the of house. it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's very strange. I, I this scene was interesting to me because I like why is Moira showing her kindness in this moment? Like it's an interesting sort of not that she's ever been outright cruel to Vivian in the past, but I don't know. Do you do you agree? Did you find it strange or did it find seem really natural for her to to warn um, her to get out. I didn't. I do find that like the relationship between Vivian and, and Moira has developed quite organically. Over, it's been a lot more slow burn than other relationships between characters in the series. So I'm kind of on board with that. But I do. I do think that's kind of Moira is a is a good person at heart. She's not a vicious ghost. 
you know, she's she's sort of built Mm. up that rapport with Vivian and she can also see, actually see some of the machinations that are going on around her. So I think she's genuinely trying to help her. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Nothing that she says is, like, strictly incorrect. No. I mean, she was kind of right about the Greek thing. Yeah. It's interesting. They used to think that the womb would wander around the body. <laughs> That's what the scary <laughs> was. That your womb would literally, like, be like, wee, I'm going up to the lungs. Yeah, and now <laughs> Which, I'm going I'm up to the brain. I'm sad she didn't include that fact. <laughs> Here we go. Like, I wish she'd included that fact, but apart from that not inaccurate yeah, I just I don't know I I find her behavior I get what you're saying and I, I get mm. that because she sees Vivian as a victim of male cruelty that she would want to step in but I think it is it's like the whole big speech and then this like ominous warning of like leave I mm. I'm curious if they're like what exactly is is driving that moment in that scene Mm. we never really get that but no (laughs) it kind of follows on naturally onto the next scene that i think we should discuss which is when well a couple of like smaller things happen one of them is that we learn that tate and violet have had sex we don't see anything but we (gasps) kind of see them in bed afterwards talking about it uh and that kind of doesn't isn't really addressed it isn't really a big deal in the show fine sure i mean it seems like quite a big deal to have sex with a ghost but it also seems it we are kind of like we are told that violet is a virgin as well but that's kind of just swept under the rug yeah it's like you're not only having sex with a ghost you're having <laughs> you're losing your virginity to a ghost like yeah. the ultimate goth power move. <laughs> <laughs> She's officially queen of the goths now. She really is. Oh. Anyway. Um and then the big the big kind of um moment of the episode is so after Vivian <laughs> makes Marcy come to the house under false pretenses so she can steal her gun to protect herself she sort of has this moment of hallucination where she sort of accidentally shoots Ben but I, I kind of think that she misses him because he seems to be okay and Luke turns up and Ben is there and they Vivian is hallucinating that she's been attacked again by the rubber man, but actually then snaps out of it. And Ben and Luke have called the cops to take her away to a mental institution to have her sectioned. This is the moment as well, I think, or does it slightly earlier where Violet really throws her own mother under the bus? Yes. Because huge thing there's a little moment earlier where where after Moore has given her this warning warning vivian takes violet and says right we're getting out of here and they go in the car and then it's the the like weird culty serial killer culty people from earlier in the season 
are in the back seat and and so they both they both see that because they're ghosts but then when violet is later asked about it Mm -hmm. she says i was just telling i was just telling you what i thought mom wanted me to say so she's really just been like yeah fuck you (laughs) get out of here so, because the motivation for her doing this is because earlier there's a conversation that she has with Tate where Tate tells her, look, you can't tell anybody that you're seeing ghosts because obviously you're also going to be taken away and, and put into a mental institution. So she's sort of, yeah, just throwing her mom under the bus so that she can be with her her cute boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't tell people that your boyfriend's a ghost. No, I think... Uh normal people the normies would not appreciate that no but it's Mm. it's an intense scene you know because it's this it's sort of the predictions that moira was talking about in the earlier scene they're kind of coming true you know the the men in her life and the even her daughter are turning against vivian and she is the way that the previous episode is edited and when we're in her head and the way that this scene is edited kind of she is having a hard time telling apart what's happening, what isn't. And because mm. the ghosts have this ability to just sort of target one person, you know, this is extremely real to her. But in a split second, it just becomes an entirely different reality. And how can she explain it to Ben or to Luke when they're just seeing her going crazy on the floor of her of her house and not being attacked by a being i mean luke i have more sympathy for i feel like ben oh ben should know better yeah (laughs) i mean you've been in this house as long as she's been in this house like have you not have you not clocked what's going on with her yet but as we've established ben is a terrible therapist yeah so he's not gonna know anything about psychology is he also can i just point out the fact that Ben could not get through to the relevant authorities when he suspected that Tate was going to um, put other people in harm's way. But he definitely knew who to call to get policemen to come down to his house and take his wife away, did he? Just going to call bullshit on that, Ben Harmon. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Man, man, man. man. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. And that's kind of the ending of the episode, isn't it? There's no Jessica Lang at all. No. And the only other thing is that Violet cries and she goes, "It's all my fault." And I just wrote, "Yes, Violet, it <laughs> is." <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because I mean, she was she was the one who lied. Yeah. So, yeah, it is your fault, Violet. Ben's all like, no, 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 it's not your fault. But it was her fault, so. Mm. Hope you enjoyed your ghost sex, Violet. Hope it was worth it. I mean, she did say it was intense, so I think it was. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we move on to our sections? Yes. What's your top quote of the episode? Um, What is my top quote? Oh, I don't know. Wait, you go first. I'm um, so this is a pretty intense one, but my favorite line is actually Moira to Tate at the end of the episode. It's straight after Tate as the rubber man. 
murders Patrick and drags Chad down into the basement and and is going to kill him as well. And Moira tells him, I think you should really get over your compulsive need to please the ladies of his house. Because he's basically killed Chad and Patrick because they were going to split up and not give Nora a baby. That is a good line. It's a good <laughs> line. Because it's like, this is goes back to the soft boy thing, right? Yes! Because yes. Moira knows that he's being a soft boy. And because he's got deep-seated mummy issues. What about you? Ooh, I think my favorite line is when they're in the sex shop and they're looking at the rubber suit and the <laughs> the guy in the sh- who owns the shop says, "Oh, you wouldn't believe how slimming it is." <laughs> <laughs> that is a very I good line. That. It's cute. <laughs> I love that guy. I know just anything he says is my favorite. What about your MVP of the episode? Possibly Moira, because she gets to go on that just to have that giant speech and no one interrupts her. So <laughs> I feel like that's quite a power move, and she gets to do like the one, one of the few good deeds in the entire season. Mm. So I'm gonna say Moira. That's a really good one. I'm gonna say Violet, and I don't think it's a good power move, but it is a massive power move when she betrays her mother and lets her be taken away by the authorities because she's just playing into what she wants and she knows that if she lies then other people will not believe her mom true and she had sex so <laughs> yeah MVP With power Paige. move <laughs> <laughs> queen of the gods <laughs> yeah no that's a good choice what about an insensitive historical reference? Was there any this week? I get. I think for the first time, no. Oh. I didn't pick up on anything. I think all the hysteria stuff was like a historical reference, but I feel like not insensitive. Weird, but not insensitive. <laughs> so, Fair enough. Ryan Murphy, you get a pass this week. Yes. I realize he doesn't write all the episodes, he does but not. I still blame him for everything. I'm really sorry, Ryan Murphy, but... Blame is a strong word. That's how it is. We give him credit. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So what can we expect from the next episode? Well, in the next episode, one of history's most famous murder victims pays the house a visit. I mean, that episode's just going to be one massive (laughs) historic, insensitive historical reference. Yes. I will have a lot to say next episode. (laughs) But we'll be back next Wednesday dissecting another episode of American Horror Story Murder House. In the meantime, send us your thoughts on Twitter. I'm on at Clarice Lou. And I am on Anna B. Demented. Oh no, I was trying to find something to say <laughs> at the end. It's like... I, I got nothing <laughs> except I like leather, not latex, yeah. which is also one of my other favorite lines. Oh yeah, that was good. I was going to choose that one, but mm. I, I went for the swimming again. So many lines. <laughs>